welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Brianna, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, so for my listeners who are not as familiar with your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Oh, fun. So <laughs> <laughs> how much time you got? Uh, <laughs> but, um, well, what I do is I'm a recruiter for software engineers for all of companies. Like I like to say, like who's going to be the next Google, the next Facebook, Amazon, whatever, you know, not necessarily in that field. I think right now it's more of like robotics and cars and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, just basically the next tech, all the apps you guys use, I find the engineers that work on those and that develop them. And I've done it for the last 12 years. And Techies has been, which is my company, is now 10 years old. And so uh, we only work in primarily in San Francisco Bay Area, but there are uh, some other like tech hubs that are coming out in the States that as long as our clients are there uh, or it's, you know, referrals, because we only do that now, then um, then we'll go there a little bit. But our, our main focus is software engineering in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So that's been really fun. It's fast moving. It's ever changing. But I also think hiring in general is changing in every industry because uh, we change, technology changes. So um, yeah, it's it's been super great. Um, and then about me, uh, I'm one of those like um, annoying annoying kids that like a sleepover that like wakes up super early and super happy and like has has uh, breakfast with the with the parents. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's it's I, I have two kids. Um, we lived actually in Mexico last year, which is cool about what I do is I can do it anywhere, even though, you know, I have an op- uh, actually I have three offices now and I have some employees. It was really cool to uh, just kind of take off and enjoy. You know, that's, I think that a lot of people, especially in the United States, forget that the reason why we work is so we can enjoy life. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is very cool. So that's and that's interesting that that you kind of took. So did you actually take a, a year off or did you just move and work remotely for a year? I, I worked remotely for three months, three so it months, wasn't I'm like sorry. a full year or anything. It was just a okay. summer, uh, and I actually ended up buying property there oh. <laughs> in hopes that I moved. <laughs> so we will see. Yeah, well, that's great. Okay, so I like to back up a little bit before we get into the details about your your company. So, uh, so you said you've been doing this for the last twelve years. So, what what did you originally go to school for and study? <laughs> Well, I was going to be a fashion designer and have a store. <laughs> uh, I, I went to fashion school in okay. LA. Yeah, excellent. Yes. <laughs> so I don't actually have a degree. I mean, I have a, uh, what, the two-year thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, got, I graduated from there and I was like, cool. I need money for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that didn't work out. <laughs> but uh, um, my my uh, stepdad and dad 
both had their own businesses and mm -hmm. it was like one of those things that growing up, we were just like, yeah, we're going to have our own business. Great. Cool. But you don't think of like all the logistics and even like what it's in. And I think a lot of people are like that. Like, I just want to be a business owner. Cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, that didn't exactly, you know, go to plan on that one. So I ended up working at a bar, which was super fun by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to, you know, we'll make cash and all that stuff and I'll eventually save. And I will open my own store. And that's just like, you know, a couple years, few, two drinks later, right? You're thinking, oh, I'm still at the same place I was two years ago. That's probably not a good idea. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. at like age 22, let's say I'm 35. Uh, yeah, 22-ish. I um, decided that I need like a real job. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that real job was, but I was thinking, okay, how can I make money? And quickly, the only way I know how to do that is in sales, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to climb some like crazy ladder and go through all that nonsense. Right. And so I just put my resume out there and my stepdad was, uh, was in sales. And so he helped me with like all like those keywords, you know, you need on there Yeah. and yeah. did that, put it on monster. And then funny enough, as I think I definitely believe in like things happening for a reason is my girlfriend took me out at night and said, Hey, I think you should be a recruiter. I'm like what the heck's a recruiter? <laughs> <laughs> and she like told me all about it. And she's like, yeah, your personality is great for it. You love like being a matchmaker. Like when we go out, like this is like, you just do that, but you get paid for it. I'm like, well, that's really cool. So, and then oddly enough, I am not joking during this dinner, I get a phone call from a staffing agency and he goes, Hey, have you ever heard of a, of recruiting before? I'm like, huh? <laughs> he goes, I just, I just found your resume on monster. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> so I went in for an interview the next day and got hired and started recruiting. So, and I never looked back. Yeah, that's great. So what was it like your first, like, you know, your, your first few months on the job, was it something that like when you had, thought about the idea of recruiting and then you actually were being a recruiter where what were the similarities and what were things that were totally different from what you thought oh my gosh well here's the thing it's like i think when you don't have anything really to like match something up against like you have mm -hmm. no expectations you really have nothing to lose mm -hmm. uh i i think it's the best because i didn't have i wasn't really thinking of what it was supposed to be you know it was just like wow this is really cool like i get paid what how much do I pay for this? Yeah, this is great. And then it's like, um, it's very competitive and I'm extremely competitive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I am very impatient, which my mom always said would not work out for me. So ha, it has. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, and being impatient in recruiting is a gift. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it. Like it has to move fast. The job, the job process and the clients, you always are moving. You're always staying on top of things. You are involved in someone's life really quickly. And actually, I was a bartender, cocktail waitress. Uh, I really related it to what I was doing in recruiting because all of a sudden, I think this goes like with um, hairstylists too. Like someone's telling me their life story in like two seconds. <laughs> and they're like, okay, this I can handle because there's nothing, well, besides family and friends, and depends on who you ask, there's really nothing more important and uh, impactful to somebody than their career. Mm -hmm. So it's very personal. And so you, it, it very immediately, you know about someone's life. And so it was just like a really easy transition for me to understand and grasp and get excited about. So okay. yeah, okay. It's, I mean, immediately I loved it. Yeah. Okay, great. 
So at, at what point when you were working for this as a first re recruiting firm, did you decide that you wanted to start your own comp company and go out on your own? Well, that's funny. I never decided that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did they just kind of kick, kick you so, out the door or just gradually happen? No, uh, no, no, no. Um, I, so in the, in the current company I, I was with, he had uh, like, I think teams of six and eight about, I think the largest team I was on was 10. Mm -hmm. And so like, as he grew and stuff, like we kind of like start different offices. And the reason being is because like, you know, you work as a team. And so I don't, I think, any more than that people it gets like a little loud and voices get lost and stuff okay. and so he kept it like that and as you did well he would promote you to like basically your own team and i was working under someone that all of a sudden i just did not see eye to eye with and a situation happened that i didn't find very ethical hmm. and it was like the first moment where i was like whoa wait a minute yeah, we're making a lot of money. Yeah, I'm really young, but this doesn't like sit well with me. I feel like we can do things differently. I just mm -hmm. kind of, I just, got, I guess I just grew more of a conscience that I was originally had perhaps <laughs> to totally admit. And, yeah. uh, and so I said, you know, no, I don't like this. I don't want to work with you. And so I, I literally decided overnight that I was just leaving. I had zero plan. I walked into my boss's office, told him the situation and I said, I'm leaving. He's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, what, what, what do you mean? Like, wow. like he was really dumbfounded by it. I don't think he believed me. And I just packed up my stuff and I left. It was a Friday mm -hmm. and I was definitely one of the top producers there. And so like everyone looked at me like totally shocked and we were all like about the same age, like, like really uh, young twenties. Mm -hmm. And so we were all good friends too. Like we all party together. I mean, like, that's what I think what sales is too, right? Like you just kind of drink and <laughs> reckless and whatnot. And so over the weekend, everyone just kind of celebrated like me quitting because it was like, that was really cool. <laughs> you just quit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and my, and my boss at the time was like, Hey, are you going somewhere else? I'm like, Nope. He's like, you have no plan. I'm like, oh, nope. <laughs> my mom was bawling, like all this stuff. And, and so he goes, okay, so if I can fix this situation, you'll come back. I go, yeah, sure. I love recruiting. He goes, okay, cool. Give me until Tuesday at noon. I'm like, great. So yeah, like I said, party over the weekend, celebrated like being like super ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And um, Tuesday came and went and he didn't call me. And I was on Sunday, the Sunday before, so two days prior, I was out, actually out with my stepdad and he goes, so wait, you're just going to like, you're just waiting for him to call and go back to work. I go, yeah. He's like, well, have you ever thought about opening your own business? I'm like, yeah, eventually, but I don't know what I, I want to like open my own store. Like I was still kind of on that kick. Yeah. And he goes, well, but you really like this. I'm like, yeah, no, totally. He goes, okay. So what does he do for you that you can't do for yourself? Huh? And me being extremely cocky and well, 23 years old, I go, nothing. <laughs> and so anyway, like I said, so then Tuesday came and went, you didn't call me. Wednesday morning, I opened up Techies and that was it. I had no intentions of it. I just did mm -hmm. it. Hmm. Okay. So, okay. So you opened this up. What was, so what did that entail? Like, did you, you put up a website? Were you just like emailing people, let them know you were out there? What does, yeah. What did that mean? Yeah. So, uh, you definitely have like a non-compete. So I, I knew I had to like say goodbye to all my clients, all the candidates, all that stuff. Okay. And I went on legal zoom, got legal about it. Uh, I, I got my um, applicant tracking system. That's what we call my database. Mm -hmm. And then I just 
updated all my information on LinkedIn, which pretty much alerts people and just started from scratch. Like I knew how, because like in recruiting, you're constantly starting over. Like, I mean, not from scratch, scratch, but like in theory, you're starting over, you know, with sales cycles and stuff. Right. And so I just started reaching out to clients the way I knew how I was starting to reach out to candidates the way I know how, because in recruiting, you have to do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's like a catch 22 to it. And uh, I just, I just went for it. And, and that was, <laughs> that was it. Like, I yeah. just, I feel, especially back then it was, it was really easy to stand out. Actually, I still think it's easy to stand out because recruiting has such a bad reputation that it's done wrong, mm-hmm. that it was really easy to do it right. Yeah. So what made you, so with, with techies, what made you also want to pick the areas that you, you focus in? Is that because you, that was something you were already recruiting for and passionate about, or is it something else that, that was there that you really liked working with? You know, with, no, I just went to where, I just went to where the money was. And, and ah. that's what I was, uh, th- that's what I mean. I was trained to do. I was trained to do tech yeah. and in the Bay area. And I'm like, why would I leave it? Cause I know about it, right? I already have mm-hmm. a learning curve. And also in the Bay Area, that's where the most VC funding goes. Right. So again, you just kind of go to where the money is. And it was just really simple. Like the lingo was simple. And, um, you know, I didn't really have to like think too much about it. Like I said, I just kind of did what I had been doing. Yeah. Just okay. now for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Let's say that someone listening to this is a coder in the San Francisco area and they're interested in finding a new position, but they don't know how. What is the basic process like in working with you and how do you find and work with uh, coders on the other side? Yeah, so what's cool now is that LinkedIn has made it really easy for you to look, which actually I think it kind of makes it harder for employers to keep people, but whatever. Uh, LinkedIn was made for engineers. And now it's evolved to so much more than that. So I think this can be an answer for everyone in any mm-hmm. different industry. But basically, you update your LinkedIn exactly like you would your resume, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be too, too wordy or anything. And then you have this little button uh, open to opportunities. And that alerts all the recruiters that actually pay for the recruiter side of things that nobody sees. And it's a very cool secret way that companies will never see. Like if you work at Google, Google will never see your open opportunities. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. So it's per their site. So that I would do. And then I would never ever post your resume. Like that is enough, like to do on like the LinkedIn open opportunities. And yeah. then, you know, be cautious as to who reaches out to you, right? There's a lot of noise. And I think that, you know, for anyone that is looking that either gets contacted by a recruiter or reaches out to a recruiter, make sure that they're giving you information and not just asking you questions. Cause I think that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. This is about you. You know, this is not just about their own agenda. And then also make sure that they're not, that the, the way they work is they only send to the clients that you're interested in. And I think that's a little difficult to control, but it's just nice to then mention because what happens a lot on the other side of recruiting is they'll be like, oh, cool, this person's so great. I'm going to like send this person's resume out to, you know, my like five clients. And then mm-hmm. I'm just going to talk this person into it, you know, and that's just the wrong way to go about it. I, mm-hmm. I definitely think that, you know, a candidate should be open minded, but mm-hmm. if they don't like something, they don't like something. Yeah. 
So what would you say to candidates who, so I, I know you work specifically right now with like, with, with coders in very specific areas, which uh, in one way is, is I, I don't know if it's easier or difficult, but at least if nothing else, you know exactly what their, what their skills and capabilities are. What if there's somebody listening to this who is, doesn't have a specific guide like coding, but they're more of a generalist and they're good at a lot of different things. And they're interested in a lot of different areas. Is that a benefit? Does that hurt them? I think it does, actually. I okay. think that uh, you have to know. I think it just shows that you're not focused. It's like you have like ADD to the extreme. You know, it's like you, I think it's really cool to have a lot of interests and have a lot of passions, mm -hmm. but you also have to know, uh, be self-aware as to what you're good at and what you're not good at. Okay. And I think that's the issue with that when it comes to like being too much of a generalist. It's because you never are a specialist in anything. Mm -hmm. And then I think that also people are like, well, I'm so good at like so many things. I could do X, Y, Z. Well, yeah, you might be able to do X, Y, Z, but you have to know what you're good at. You just have to, and you can't say everything because that's bullshit. <laughs> just, yeah. You have to know. Yeah. You no. Know? So it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I think that that's good to be like, not so niche, mm -hmm. but pick three then. You know, like whenever, okay. whenever someone sends me this resume that's like, you know, six pages long and like list every single technology there is to man, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> so what do you do? I think that's the issue. It's like one, what do you do? And two, what do you want to do? And then is, does your want, is it something you're capable of? Mm -hmm. Because we'll have, and if you're not capable of it, that's fine, but you need to convince me why someone would hire you for it. And would you take a pay cut? Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, like if they have to train you, then they shouldn't have to fully pay you what, you know, this other person next to you that is an expert at it does. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think, again, this just goes back to being like super self-aware and it's yeah. not to like say, you know, well, Hey, I, what do you mean? I can't do everything. Yeah, I'm sure you can, but like, let's, you have to really think about like, why is this person paying you? What are mm -hmm. they paying you for? I think that's how you can relate it a little bit easier. And then, or even on the other coin, just be like, Hey, if, if it was my company and I only have X amount of money to pay an employee, would I pay myself? Hmm. Yeah. That's a really good way to think about it. Like to flip, flip the coin a little bit and look at it from, from their side, as opposed yeah. to your side. So a lot of these details, how does somebody, I guess, pass information along to you? Or so is it like this kind of like their focus? Is that something that you pull from them your first conversation or by looking at their LinkedIn profile, you're like, nope, I can tell that you're scatterbrained and you're focused on way too many things. Mm, I still have a conversation. I mean, okay. I think that they're like, if you see someone that changes jobs every like nine months, mm -hmm. I'm not going to talk to them. Okay. Um, like, like that's a for sure because then that's way too scattered, right? So you don't want to talk to someone that has somewhat um, stability and wants to see things through. Mm -hmm. So that goes based off of that, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, it just starts with like a couple questions, really. Like, hey, I think you do this. Is that true? What do you want to do? You know, and then it goes into that. And so often I end up finding people jobs that was like almost a complete opposite as to what they said they wanted to do. Hmm. 
So I think that's really interesting. I think that's how recruiters can be super beneficial yeah. because, you know, yeah, think of it like this, like you're in this one, like I can even relate to friends. Let's say you like have this one circle of friends that is a, a certain way. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden now you're in, I don't know, um, a different country on vacation and you meet all sorts of different people that open your eyes to so many different things that you wouldn't have done if you were in your the other circle of friends who only like one thing, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I think that's what that comes out to out on being like, wow, I it's basically like my dad used to say, you don't know what you know until you know it. <laughs> you know, it's like, he used to say it to me all the time. And I'm like, I catch myself saying that. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you know you don't, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's, 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 it's very good to know. So in, with all of this too, you've also started uh, your own program called the Millionaire, the Millionaire Recruiter. What, what made you want to start that separate company? Yeah, actually, it was one of my employees, uh, Ben Markowitz, who came to me and, and Emily Stellick, who's my chief growth officer. And he goes, hey, I, he's really into like, well, he's into like e-courses and stuff like that. And yeah. just learning and always like pushing the, the, the limits. Yeah. And he goes, I think that you don't realize how great your training program is. I was like, huh? Like, what do you mean? He's like, so because I had been out of it for so long, you know, it's just like, I just teach people the way that I would have wanted to, to be taught, you know? Yeah. And he goes, no, you don't, you do this, you do that, you know, like all these things. And he's like, and I actually have a couple of my friends that are recruiting and they don't, they have no idea what I'm talking about sometimes. I'm like, what? what do you mean? So he goes, I think we should do an e-course. I think it'd be so beneficial. And, you know, everyone's into these stupid, like get rich schemes. This is kind, you know, like this is kind of like that, but it's real. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, this is interesting. So go on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then actually, what's funny is he wanted to originally be a realtor, and you know, he took. Okay. It's funny. He went to San Diego State and like took the exam and all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, and then he was a recruiter and he hasn't left. <laughs> so he's been <laughs> six years. It's a good enough. And so he goes, you know, think about those real estate conferences where you know you're hearing like these like Tony Tony Robbins and stuff like that, and they're selling you is real estate get rich quick you know, things that may or may not work, right? It works for some people, I'm sure, because why they're still selling it. Mm-hmm. He's like, what if, like, I feel like the recruiting industry is way more powerful than the real estate industry. It's just nobody knows it. And you can actually have, like, a real career. You don't have to take a test. There is no certification. There's um, anyone can do it without even any money down, basically. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh. And I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. And, and I've also reached this point in my career or yeah, of course I want to make more money every year, but what gets me really excited is when I see my employees make more money every year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of the just like pay it forward, you know, thought processes. And especially since where I was before, I was actually told to not like share my secrets, mm-hmm. you know, that if I'm, if it's something's working for me, like let's let it work for me. It was like kind of a, it was like a sharky environment, sales environment. And here at Techie, like, we don't do that at all. Like, it's like the complete opposite. We're almost like, I should bring a little sharks in here, you know, <laughs> to fire people up. But um, yeah, so, so he was like, no, let's do this course. And also it would help you like have like real infrastructure because what happened, what was happening is like, I was taking all of my time to train everyone individually. Mm-hmm. Really, it should just be more of a like open up the notebook and it doesn't matter who's sitting in the chair, they're still going to be trained just as awesome, you know? Right. So 
was really mutually beneficial for the three of us. And so we did the we did the course, and uh, it's been really really cool to have people you know really go from not knowing what they wanted to do to being really successful recruiters and um, you know it changes people's lives like some people are making you know forty thousand dollars a year and it's like well i opened two offices this year and more than half of them you know it's like they're now making more than eighty thousand dollars their first year you know so it's like it's significantly yeah. different which is really cool yeah oh yeah that is that's amazing congratulations yeah thank you so with with the fact that you're so in into the into this space, where do you see the future of hiring or recruiting going in the next, you know, five years? Hmm. Recruiters are becoming more and more involved. Uh, not only are we like a necessity, <laughs> but <laughs> we are really involved in companies' success because it's the most expensive thing a company goes through with hiring. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is it's the one thing a lot of companies don't even fully understand they're like you do it <laughs> you know it's like you guys will figure it out i'm sure this will work out you know yeah. so it's like we're, we're becoming uh, a lot more powerful in the sense that we are the ones you know setting their process up and we're the ones educating them and then you know uh, with diversity and inclusion work that's finally being done especially in the, in the Bay Area in general and, and in engineering, mm -hmm. um, it's huge. So I think, again, it's just going to, I think recruiters now, and this is, this is why I, I also love my course, is you have to be educated. You have to know what you're talking about. And I don't mean you have to go to, you know, get your four-year degree. I'm just saying you have to be educated in, in recruiting. Mm -hmm. And you got, you're, you're not just, um, you know, glorified resume centers. It's so much more than that. Right. So, so on the on, on the other side of it, like a, uh, the company side of it. So you kind of talked about how you know people can get a hold of you or you find them on on LinkedIn, some other areas. What about on the company side? How do companies find you, or do you find companies? Yeah, you know what? So I've been lucky enough now that I personally don't have to find clients anymore. They find me, you know, through referrals mm -hmm. and my recommendations on LinkedIn and stuff like that. So that I'm thankful for. But there's, you know, um, other people here, my employees here, you know, they have to find their own clients. And so the, the way that works is essentially the same way that works with candidates is you go on LinkedIn, for example, you go on Indeed. I mean, like I said, LinkedIn's like our most powerful thing. So I'm just going to keep using LinkedIn for now. Sure. Okay. Which they should be paying me for. <laughs> <laughs> they should. We'll send them a, a note to Reed Hoffman about this. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so you would go on that and you would just basically like, like, like I said, I'm in engineering and I'm in the Bay. So you're, I'm going to put in looking for jobs as if I was a candidate and mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to see that Google, Facebook and Amazon, they're all hiring. Okay. So now I'm going to reach out to whoever basically posted that job or who's in charge of hiring or now it's being more common is who's in charge of recruiting mm. because they're the ones that really set, set, the, set the scene, set the tone. And so, yeah, just reach out to them. Just tell them who you are. This is what I specialize in. I have a great pipeline for X, Y, Z, you know, do you, uh, do you need help? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, they do. That's great. That's so how it begins. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. So I'm, besides LinkedIn, so mm -hmm. is there a, because I, I know you mentioned before that, you know, there is a, the tab uh, that you can click on. Is there, for, for somebody, let's say, who is, who 
you know, maybe did that on LinkedIn, but hasn't really found a recruiter yet. And maybe it's because they're too much of a generalist. Is there an, uh, another easy way to find a recruiter in certain areas by like just Googling them or, or, or how does, how does uh, a job searcher, searcher find another recruiter? No, I would only do it on LinkedIn. I don't oh. think there's like, I, the, I, I really would. And you can yeah. put in, you can, you can do a little search. You can put recruiter and like whatever you do or, or like whatever job title you want mm, perhaps mm-hmm. is like an easier way to do it. You okay. can like reverse search yourself and just put a recruiter in there and you'll find like a bunch and you can put in the, the area you want. Um, and then they're going to come out and just kind of look at their profiles really quick. And you can have yeah. a very canned, uh, you know, in mail to connect with them and you can just send it out. And, and, and that's it, because I think that although there are other sites that are trying to be recruiter heavy and have referrals and stuff like that, I just don't think they're developed enough yet. Like not like LinkedIn is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a recruiter, you're on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Okay. Good. Good (laughs) Yeah. That's what it sounds like, which is great. So with, with the different stages you've had in your career, how do you approach times when you're, you're fearful or apprehensive and how do you work past that? Oh my goodness. So I think a lot of times with any like entrepreneur, any business owner, uh, fear is there for sure because um, there's moments. Okay. So for example, I did have a business partner uh, a while back, a little over three years ago and I bought him out and Mm -hmm. afterwards, even though I knew it was the right decision, it was something I had wanted to do for a while. It just made sense. It, it was scary because I was like, wow, like it's all on me now. Like there is no excuses. There is no, like if things go wrong, it's my fault. I can't blame anybody. You know, I think that a lot of people want someone or something to blame instead of themselves. Instead of like looking in the mirror and be like, no, this is my fault. Mm-hmm. And so that was that big moment where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to live in fear. I got what I wanted. I need enough proof that this, that I'm good at what I do, you know, and I had the right instincts and stuff. So, you know, I didn't have that moment to be like, well, I'm just going to sit back and see what happens. No, I had to, you know, really like shake it up and then also let my employees know that I made the right decision and they made the right decision by staying. So I think that the only way to do that, I'm a big believer in putting a smile on your face, is to have that smile on your face and then to re-sit down and hash out five mega goals and then hash out, you know, 10 micro goals that are going to help me get there. Hmm. Because I don't think that without, if you just have, if you're just focused on like the, the mega goals, then you're going to not, you're not going to feel accomplished on a regular basis. And if you don't feel that, I think, you, you know, people put themselves down internally, right? Like all the time, low self-esteem, stuff like that. If you keep putting yourself down, you can, you'll never put yourself up. And so if, in order to accomplish things, you have the micro goals. I mean, it can be really small, yeah. <laughs> you know, like really small, <laughs> uh, but as long as you're like going towards what you're, you want and what you're meant to do, then I think it will really work out. And it's like, you can't, there's just no time for fear. So yeah, put on a smile. Yeah, put on a smile. That's, that's great. In, so in your own business and your own goals, are there, 
as you grow with as a, as a company and as a leader, are there particular types of training that you recommend that you've taken or books that you've read? Oh my gosh. Or mastermind yes. groups? Like what's your secret sauce with that? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, what's crazy is, so I, like I said, I opened two offices this year. In the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, and keep in mind, I was still in like what I call the bullpen. Like I was still recruiting every day. I didn't have an assistant. I didn't have HR. Like, I don't know. Like I look back and be like, what? crazy person. And, um, all of a sudden it just, I was talking to a very good friend of mine who actually was the one who got me involved in recruiting. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, Brianna, you just had your second child. And what did you do? Like afterwards, like to get back in shape, I go, Oh, I hired a, a trainer. She goes, yeah, but you've been working out for years. You know what to do. Right. I go, well, yeah. She's like, why'd you do that? I go, cause I need someone to kick my ass. And she goes, <laughs> okay. So she goes, okay, why aren't you doing that in business? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, why don't you get an executive coach? Hmm. I was like, huh. Uh, but I was like, well, I've, I've been in business now for nine years. I've done really well. She goes, I get it, but you need to take it to the next level. And I'm like, and even though you think you know what to do, you're not doing it. And yeah. I have never, ever known you to not do something that you said you were going to do. I'm like, huh. <laughs> so I got an executive coach this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my chief growth officer, Emily, I, we both do it together every single week. If we did our, you know, our own session, we have our own session, but I mean, every one, one to two hours a week. Mm-hmm. And it has changed everything for the better. It's been, it's been unbelievable. Like I feel like a brand new person it is um, emotionally draining sometimes because I think it's like, if anyone kind of relates to like any kind of therapy, you know what I mean? Like even though it's not mm-hmm. therapy, it's like you are working on yourself. You're, you're literally trying to change different um, triggers inside your head mm-hmm. in order to, you know, process them better and be a better person, be a better leader. And it was, I mean, that's just been a total game changer. And so um, that has then led me to, take my company through in emotional intelligence workshops mm-hmm. and we have eight of them like four hours long and we're midway through. So that's been really cool because that also helps them. I mean, even if they're not with me for, you know, years and years there, at least it's going to help them in the future. And that makes me feel good. And so that's been great. And then um, a book that I really dig that I think has totally changed my life even just two months ago is a hundred X leader, hundred times leader. And it talks about, it gives you the analogy of uh, the best leaders in the world are Sherpas, mm-hmm. you know, the Mount Everest people. And it just relates everything being to hundred uh, percent healthy in your whole, in every aspect of your life. And I was like, hundred percent healthy. What does that mean? And it basically says like, look, there's some like badass leaders out there who um, give it their all during work. And they just, but they have the worst home life mm-hmm. or they have the worst community life or that, you know, like whatever it's because they didn't think that that mattered. They thought that their actions would trickle over to every aspect in life. And that's just not true. You have to work just as hard in every aspect of life, regardless if you're getting paid to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be hundred percent healthy and to be an actual leader, because if you haven't paved the way, then no one can follow you. Interesting. Yeah, that's been my favorite. I mean, it's even helped with my relationship with my mom and my like my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
not that, that not that they were bad relationships they were good relationships but you know you can work on anything right like mm-hmm. nothing's perfect and if you think it is then you're lying to yourself yeah yeah no i i listen that that book sounds absolutely fantastic i'll make sure that i put links in there for the, the listeners because you're right like some of the you know the the leaders that are out there that people look to for guidance when you look at their personal lives and their professional lives like their professional lives really stand out but then when you hear stories about their personal lives it's like they're a mess yeah you're like yikes yeah yeah, yeah. you know it, you I, I i related to this like uh you're at a grocery store you treat the the sales clerk and the people inside like you know with the utmost respect like you're so nice to them you go out of your way and then you go home and you snap at your, you know, significant other kids or whatever. It's like, why do we treat the strangers better than we treat the ones we love? Like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that really is. Or even our, you know, the, like that goes also like our, our self-talk too. Like, why do we, we don't allow oh, people, yeah. people to say terrible things to us. Why do we say terrible things to ourselves and, and let us, let us get away with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Think about it. Like, your friend's crying to you about, you know, I don't know, their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. And you're like pumping them up. Oh, you're so great. Oh, forget that person, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but we can hurt ourselves internally like crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. So with your executive coach, how did you find them? On LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like literally look up on LinkedIn executive coach? Yep, sure did. I love it. At least you're very consistent on your on your search. I am I, consistent. I, yeah, I I <laughs> what I've learned habit. learned here the most is I need to spend a lot more time on LinkedIn than I usually do. Like I'm missing out yes, apparently on a lot of things. No, it's it's super powerful. Like like I actually had no idea where I was gonna find my coach, and I'm like, well, I find everything else on LinkedIn. Like yeah, <laughs> well, might don't might as well. And sure enough, just put in like my area and executive coach, and I had a whole slew of them, slew of them to choose from. And then they have this other cool button that they can recommend professionals. Mm-hmm. So basically like anyone that has enough recommendations um, pops up, you know, first. So that's like super cool. Oh yeah. That is really cool. So with everything that you have done and experienced over the years, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? Definitely from my stepdad who said, you can always make more money. What's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> that's been my favorite. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a very, very good one, especially given, you know, a couple of the circumstances you described, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, totally. It's like people are scared to, I think, do things and think outside the box and try different careers and start over, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, don't look at it like that. Just you can be confident in your skills and you can always make more money. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to get a hold of you or see more about what you're working on, where is the best place they can go to do all that? Besides LinkedIn? <laughs> Besides LinkedIn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on LinkedIn. I am Brianna Rooney, R-O-O-N-E-Y. Uh, but yeah, you can go on techies.com, T-E-C-H-E-E-S.com, uh, or the millionaire recruiter.com. And my email is Brianna at techies.com. I respond pretty quickly to that and via LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. Well, I will make sure I put all those links in the show notes so people can click right through and contact you if, if uh, the, the fit is right. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sounds good. It was fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you liked this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.